Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. And welcome to another edition of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Hey, it's the day after the first day of the Republican National Committee's convention. So what we're going to do today is we're going to do a little, we'll go over their agenda, what they talked about, and we'll do a little comparison of uh, this day one to the DNC's convention. And of course, I've got some headlines for you that is just going to show you the blatant bias of our national media, but you already know that. You, everybody already knows the media's bias. They won't admit it. They'll fight it tooth and nail, but it is so blatantly obvious. Uh, I am unfortunately not here with my trusted canine Woody. He is not with me this morning, so it's just you and I having a conversation. Now, if you're watching this on video, uh, which you can on my YouTube channel, you noticed I'm in a little different attire. I am in what I call my shaky McSelfie attire. What is shaky McSelfie? Well, if you watch any of my TikToks, I start off my TikToks as shaky McSelfie here with the PBL podcast. Now, the reason I do that is I'm on a walk when I do these videos, so my camera shakes and I'm just holding the phone up, so it shakes. Somebody tried to slam me as a pejorative by calling me shaky McSelfie. Well, I liked it, so I kept it. So Shake It McSelfie here with the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Hey, check us out on our website, pblpodcast.com. You can see all our social media platforms there, as well as the link to YouTube. And you can watch this on YouTube and do subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If Woody was here, which I can't believe he's not, it's just heartbreaking. He must be upstairs eating. But anyway, if he was here, he would tell you, even though he's a dog and he can't talk, to click on our link. Subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel, pblpodcast.com. Right, let's get right to it. All right, the RNC convention last night. Uh, first off, just a comparison of the production values. RNC just did a better job. I'm sorry, they just did. Yes, yes, yes. I am biased. I am extremely biased. But I also have a little bit of knowledge on production value videos and stuff like that. And I got to tell you, here's where the DNC fell flat. But here's where both of them fall flat. Both of them are virtual conventions. Now the RNC, when, uh, you know, they did have some people in an audience at some portions of their program, which was great, but it still didn't have that excitement of a traditional convention. It still didn't have that air of energy that a crowd brings to public speaking and presentations. So both of them fall flat on that. But what the RNC did way better, way better than the DNC was the transitions. The transitions between topic and speakers. At the DNC, when they transitioned from one speaker to the other, the speaker would be given their presentation and they would stop and it would be silence. 
and you'd see them, the camera would go away, it would fade into whatever they're going to do next, and again, silence. No music, the camera would just fade in, fade out, or go to the next side um, shot with no music transitioning or video transitioning. The RNC did that. Between each speaker, they transitioned with either a shot of a flag, a shot of some graphics, and they had music that transitioned from one speaker to the next speaker. And it just made a world of difference as far as production value. So plus to the RNC for that, minus to the DNC for that. Now, as far as the structure, you know, all of them do the same thing. They roll out speakers that are, that are positive to their candidate, which what, that's what they're supposed to do. So uh, both of them, you know, about the same on that. And again, I'm using C-SPAN. C-SPAN does a really good job at putting this up there, making it easy for you. And I, I'm talking primarily starting from the prime time hour. So at nine o'clock is prime time. That's when I tuned in. That's when I turned on the TV. And that's when I started watching it. And I got to tell you, I think the, you know, the media right now, we're going to get into the media a little bit later. The media is slamming the RNC for having a dark, uh, apocalyptic, almost my word, not theirs, a view of America. But that's what the DNC did. I mean, the DNC, all it was was orange man bad, blacks are being suppressed and killed in our streets. I mean, it was just, and the economy, coronavirus, so the DNC, it was all about Trump is bad, bad character, uh, Black Lives Matters and COVID-19, those were the three points. So if you tuned into the primetime hour of the RNC, the first thing you saw was Amy Ford, registered nurse, talking about coronavirus. Now she wasn't the most dynamic speaker, but kudos to her, the woman was literally talking to millions of people and talking about what this administration did when coronavirus started. Then you had Dr. G.E. Ghali, apologize if I'm saying that wrong, Health Science Center surgeon, uh, LSU Health Science Center, health sciences center surgeon uh he got a pretty good speech and talked about what this administration did and how trump actually helped things move forward now this coronavirus pandemic i'm sorry no matter who was in charge republicans or democrats this would have been bad for america right or 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 there's a lot of people that theorize that if the democrats were in charge they would have done nothing they would have not closed anything down. They would have just let everything roll on, which is what Obama did last time when SARS and all those others came. They never shut anything down. Uh, they just let the deaths happen. It wasn't as large as this one, but what would have happened if we didn't shut it down? If we didn't shut it down, they would have been slamming Trump left and right anyway. And when Trump did ban travel from China, Joe Biden called him a racist, called him xenophobic. So we know how the Democrats would have handled this uh, because the media would have been on their side. So, you know, they, they probably would have done nothing and all these deaths would happen and the media would cover for them. But the, the COVID-19, the China virus, the Wuhan virus, as was said often during the RNC convention, uh, is giving Democrats cover. It's the only thing they have. It's it. They don't have anything else. They're done. They're dead in the water without this pandemic that happened, or as I like to sometimes say, scam so without the coronavirus, without the China virus, without the Wuhan virus, the Democrats would have nothing. Because think about what our economy would be. Oh, my gosh. Trump would be wiping the floor with them. So Trump and his team wisely, wisely start out with 
what they have done to offset and the supplies that they've given, how they've helped New York. And they've had, they had people on the front lines come in and say what this administration done. So a smart move on the Trump campaign, get right in front of it because this is all the Democrats have. So address that early, get it out of the way and move on. And then President Trump, he met with frontline workers, again, talking about the coronavirus and one lady in there who said she had it and he made a joke about her blood's worth a lot of money. The left went crazy over that. I saw one transition, I think I was watching uh, CNN and I believe it was Wolf Blitzer and Dana Bash, I believe, I'm not sure. Uh, and Trump's talking with these frontline workers and it transitions back to Wolf Blitzer and again, can't remember that pundit, it was one of their talking heads. I don't think it really was Dana Bash, I think it was somebody else. But anyway, her comment was, None of them are social distancing. That's it. That's, that's right. That's right. So Trump's talking with the frontline people. These are firemen, policemen, nurses, doctors. He's r- talking with these people who've been through it. One person who got sick and recovered and her comment, her first comment as they shot back to CNN pundits talking heads was they weren't wearing masks and they weren't social distancing. This is all the left has. This is it. This is all they have. They have nothing. The only thing they've got is orange man bad, Black Lives Matters, and coronavirus. They did not, in the DNC convention, address all the, um, the riots and the protests. They didn't address the violence that came out of it, whereas the RNC is addressing the violence that come out of it. There were some good speeches last night. Uh, so let's get into the speeches. And again, I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to belabor this. I want to really get to where the media, how they reported day one of the convention for the Democrats and day one of the convention for the Republicans. I want to really get into that because that's the meat of all of this is really the media bias and how the media is so, so in the tank for the Democrats, the mainstream media, so in the tank. But, you know, you know that. But here's some examples. Now, um, so at the 10 p.m. hour, we started with the speakers. I mean, we had uh, Jim Jordan was prior to that. um, But, uh, you know, it started with President Trump with former prisoners in foreign countries. That's at the 10 p.m. hour. And I watched it, and it was actually pretty good. But the left went crazy about that, too, because he held it, wait for it, in the White House. So they're trying to bring up some kind of act that prevents that from doing it. But <laughs> I'm sorry, it's going to fall flat. And they know it's going to fall flat, but this is all they have. Uh, then you had uh, Maximo Alvarez, who's a Sunshine, Sunshine Gasoline Distributors founder and president, talking about his rise and his success in the country, this land of opportunity. Nikki Haley gave, I thought, substance, a great speech. Wasn't crazy about the delivery, started off a little soft. But again, we're at a audience-less convention. There was nobody there to rise up the energy. But what she said was powerful. She talked about, I'm not going to quote her speech, but she talked about her growing up as a young Indian woman, an immigrant. Her parents were immigrants and she was a minority and what she went through and how she overcame all those obstacles. It was a really good speech from the content portion. I'd highly recommend you go and read it, but great, powerful speech. Now, the media, the media is giving her all this attention saying that this is a 2024 candidate. Now, she hadn't come out and said that. But the media, the left-wing media is going crazy that this is highlighting 2024 candidates. Nikki Haley has not come out and said anything. But remember this. Remember this. I'm going to get to something to a point real quick. 
So the next speaker was Donald Trump Jr. and gave a pretty good speech as well. I actually enjoyed his speech. And again, the content of it was fantastic. And his delivery actually was pretty good. And he talked about this, and I'm going to paraphrase this line and mess it up, sure. But he basically talked about how the left used to be the party of freedom of expression, and now they're not. And now the right is taking that mantle uh, and 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 allowing free speech or becoming the party of free expression. And he's absolutely right. The left want to shut you down. No matter what, if you're on the right and you, if you go online, you debate leftists, they want to shut you down. They shut you down with insults. They shut you down with uh, just giving you like a thousand issues. Instead of, you know, say, addressing one point at a time, they give you a shotgun of issues and you're supposed to address all of them. The left want to shut you down. How often have you seen the left saying that Fox News should be shut down. Now, I'm not a Fox News fan, but they're literally saying Fox News is bad for the country. Why? Because it differs in your opinion. The left is the party of silence. They want to silence you. The left does not want you speaking your mind. They want to shame you into not talking. That's why the silent majority is so big, because people are afraid to speak. So Donald Trump had some really good points, gave a pretty good speech. Uh, and then uh, you, they highlighted two young ladies that are Latino, and they have a, a company and talking about, again, how this country allows all that to happen, their success, they got it from their father. Very touching, very nice. And by the way, visually very well done. And the transition between speeches into those little snippets was very well done by the RNC producers. Then you had your keynote speaker, Tim Scott. Now, Tim Scott gave a really good speech. I mean, his content and his speech was fantastic. He actually has a line that I absolutely love. He said his family, he was talking about his father who, who picked cotton. He said his or his grandfather, his family, he said, went with one, from one generation cotton pickers to another, or he, his family, and I'm, I'm messing this up, so let me get this right, and I'm probably paraphrasing it wrong, but basically it's something like this. In one generation, his family went from cotton pickers to Congress. That's powerful stuff. Very powerful, and he gave a very good speech. He was the closing keynote speaker. Now, back to an earlier point. The left is trying to highlight Nikki Haley and Donald Trump Jr. as candidates for 2024. So think about that. They're... they're there are a lot of stories that I saw when I woke up this morning, how, you know, the, the right is highlighting its 2024 candidates, right? Speaking of Nikki Haley and Donald Trump Jr. This is the leftist media. This is our mainstream media. Why don't they say that about Tim Scott? Is it because he's a black man? But Tim Scott, he was the keynote speaker. Nikki Haley, Donald Trump Jr. went before Tim Scott. That means Tim Scott's speech was the speech for the night. He was the keynote. But the media is not talking about Tim Scott. And why is that? Why is the media not talking about Tim Scott? They don't want people to hear that line in one generation from cotton picker to Congress. They don't want the, the general population. They don't want people to hear that line. So you're not seeing that line, which I thought was a phenomenal line, blasted on the news in the morning because our mainstream media in this country, I've said this often, are absolutely worthless. And they are. They are absolutely worthless. I am so frustrated with our mainstream media. And that's why I do this because they don't give you the story 
as Dan Bongino hat tip to him say, the media gives you a story, but not the story. And that's so true. So, and you can just look at it from the headlines. You can look at it, how they cover it. And I, you know what? I just don't get, I mean, how blatant they can be in their biases and then turn around and complain when people call them out on it. I mean, you look at some of these talking heads, like I hate to bring up the guy's name, but Brian Stelter. I mean, this guy constantly goes on and on. By, by the way, he, he's like Fox News' biggest fan because it's all he talks about is Fox News. But he goes on and on and on how the media is not biased when it's clearly that they're biased. It's like blatantly clear. Normal Americ Americans with common sense and thinking ability can see that. Even me, I'm, a, I'm biased. I am biased. I'm, I'm conservative. I'm not, I'm not a hardcore conservative where, you know, I'm, I'm like 100% into the party platform, which I want to get into in a second. But I am a conservative. I'm a physical conservative. And I'm turning, because of the media, more and more and more into a social conservative because I'm so sick and tired of what they're doing. I believe in the promise of America and I believe in individualism and I believe that people know what's right for themselves. I don't need a government. I don't need a media to tell me what to think. Now let's talk about that platform thing I just mentioned real quick because the media is blasting the GOP for not having a platform this go round, and they're saying that they caved in to the Trump campaign that everything is all about Trump, that the general, the, um, GOP, the Republican National Committee, has just adopted as Trump as their savior, and everything is about the boss, as one outlet put it, Trump, and saying that they've not, since they've not done or created or agreed to a party platform. Now, here's the gist of it. They haven't agreed to it. You're right. Absolutely right. There is an article that I was reading just the other day how Jared Kushner son-in-law to President Trump and also advisor, uh, had a meeting with the RNC and they wanted to shrink the party platform to what he wanted was about a 10-point platform so it could be put on a card, put in your pocket. The idea was that if you do this, it's easier to sell to the voters. And it is. The current Republican platform is 53 or 58 pages long. Now, I know there's a lot that you want to put in there because it's core values, but Kushner, who I'm not an advocate nor a big fan of, I mean, it cringes me a little bit as well, having all the family members in there. I mean, I get it. I get why people would think that, and I see how the media uses that as a wedge, but his idea, I think, has some merit. Get a platform with 10 bullet points of what the party is about. It's easy to sell. 53 or 58 pages is hard to sell. Remember, these people, being the Trump administration, come out of the private sector. They weren't politicians. So they have that mindset. And, and Trump is a marketer. I mean, he's a, he's a salesman, if you will. And he's right. They're right. Make it simple. It's the KISS method. Keep it simple. Don't forget the last word. Stupid. Kiss it. Keep it simple, stupid. And the GOP platform is way too much. So you're seeing the media rail on about that when all that really, all it really is, is the administration and the RNC could not agree to it. So what did they do? They just agreed 
to adopt the 2016 platform. So when you see the media telling you that the RNC does not have a party platform for 2020, that is a lie. It is a mistruth. They do. They have simply adopted the party platform of 2016. So they do have a party platform. But I like the idea of 10 points. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it too. Email me at uh, politics or the PBL podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And you can click on my website, pblpodcast.com also, and uh, give me a note there. I really want to hear, love to hear thoughts on this. I think it's a great idea. I'm going to put it in the show notes as well. But uh, give me a shout out. Again, the PBL podcast at gmail.com. What are your thoughts on having a Republican platform that's 10 points, could fit on one sheet, maybe even a card that you fit in your pocket? Personally, I like the idea. So tell me where I'm wrong on it. All right. Hey, I'm um take a break real quick. In the second segment, what we're going to do is we're going to go over headlines from the media, day one DNC, day one RNC, and um, it's, it's stark just start you just the bias is so obvious that you're just not gonna believe it so uh we'll see you after the break bbl podcast politics and brown Liquor. 